0: Georgia's DBHDD is urging people to store and lock away all medications to prevent theft and keep them away from children and pets. Old medications can be disposed at Dropbox locations. Dropbox locations can be found at opioidresponse.info.
1: This is Georgia Today, a production of Georgia Public Broadcasting. I'm Steve Fennessy. It's Friday, September 4th, 2020.
2: There will be no WNBA games tonight. We expect to see uh, some more symbolism as the evening goes along with all the teams locking arms. In
1: many ways, the WNBA is a trailblazer when it comes to political activism. Some players are even sitting out the entire season in solidarity with the Black Lives Matter movement. Here in Atlanta, the squad of the Atlanta Dream has been particularly vocal which has set them in direct opposition to one of their owners, Kelly Leffler. Leffler, of course, is now a United States Senator, appointed last December by Governor Brian Kemp. As she campaigns to keep her seat, she is speaking out against the activism of her own players. This week, my guest is Washington Post sports reporter Candace Buckner, who wrote about Leffler Hi, Steve. How are you?
0: I'm doing good.
1: Okay. Are you set to go, Candace? This is going to be pretty casual. But um, Candace, as you pointed out in your story, Kelly Loeffler is now the wealthiest member of the United States Senate um, since she joined that um, institution last December. What was her upbringing like?
0: Yeah, she's from this place called Stanford, Illinois. It's a small rural farming community in central Illinois. From what I understand uh, from the people that I talked to back in Stanford, Don Leffler, her her father, ran Leffler Farms. Although it's a very rural community, um, they they seemed to have been um, um, well to do.
1: They were so they were affluent, relatively speaking.
0: Relatively speaking, yes. Here's how Kelly Leffler described herself in 2011 during a WNBA news conference, where she was introduced as a co-owner of the Atlanta Dream.
2: I, I played basketball in high school, and if you knew me back then, I was shy, braces, glasses, scrawny, I, you know, I, just, I lived on a farm, and athletics were a way for me to have a view into a bigger world, to set a goal, uh, to, to accomplish something, and to have a vision outside of, of a relatively small world.
0: She really took to the sport. She liked the the team camaraderie. She liked um, the athleticism, the beauty of the game. And um, it took her a while to get stabilized because you know this was a girl who had a kind of a, a, a rough physical background, and that she wore leg braces to correct a hip uh, injury. But by the time that she's a freshman, she's five foot ten. She's she's trying to be um, you know as graceful as. As, as the sport dictates.
1: When she went on to college, did she play uh, collegiate ball?
0: She did not. She went to uh, undergrad for, um, at the University of Illinois. She described herself, quote, as a great defensive uh, player, but um, not talented enough to play D1 basketball.
1: Gotcha. And what brought her to Atlanta?
0: Um, Intercontinental Exchange. So uh, after getting her MBA, she bounced around some cities, uh, uh, Dallas notably. But the startup, Intercontinental Exchange, known as ICE, um, had very few employees, I think nine at the time. And she moved to Atlanta to uh, become a spokesperson and eventually rise up the ranks.
1: And in 2004, Candace Kelly Loeffler married ICE's founder, Jeffrey Sprecher. In an interview with Bloomberg News... He said that being in Atlanta made sense. There's an ethos down here. There's a Southern charm that really does exist uh, in the business community as well as with your neighbors. And uh, people that are here love it. And I found that I've been able to you know, take this little company and build it into a Fortune 500 company uh, by attracting people to come live and work in Atlanta.
0: The company is rising. It eventually acquires the New York Stock Exchange for $8.2 billion.
1: A 220-year-old financial institution is being bought by an upstart kid of a company from Atlanta, the Intercontinental Exchange, or ICE, a derivatives trading firm founded only a dozen years ago.
0: And uh, that's the origin story of Kelly Loeffler.
1: In the last few years, as uh, Jeff Sprecher and Kelly Leffler became more and more prominent in Georgia circles, because neither of them are Georgia natives, uh, it became apparent that they were starting to get more active politically. They gave a lot of money to Mitt Romney's campaign back in um, leading up to the 2012 election, no?
0: That's correct. Yeah. Um... This is a man that participated in a Black Lives Matter march.
2: Hey Senator, why is it important for you to be out here today? We need a voice against racism. We need many voices against racism and against
1: brutality.
2: We need to stand up
1: and say the Black Lives Matter.
0: He got black from Republicans and while that crowd may see uh, especially the the more intense um, far right crowd may see the Black Lives Matter movement as a political organization. Extreme leftists, extreme Marxists. Um, Mitt Romney just saw the statement that Black lives should matter, and he participated um, in supporting that. And this is um you, you you rewind eight years ago, and this is this, this is the person that Kelly Leffler was supporting. But also, if you trace her um, donations, she's leaving little breadcrumbs of evidence of where she wants to be. Yeah. There are donations to Pat Toomey. There are donations to um, uh, Jerry Moran. These are all senators, and it seemed like even back in 2014, when she was, when she explored maybe entering um, the race as a candidate for the uh, Georgia open seat in 2014 right that she's she's that's where she wants to be she wants to be in the Senate and she's giving money sprinkling that out to um, to Republicans in the Senate
2: you know what they were playing in the arena I ain't never scared Bob bone crusher and that's the attitude that Atlanta, is taken into this ball game, and that's what they'll need to try to finish out in this remaining 55.1 seconds.
1: Talk a little bit about how her interest developed in owning a stake in the Atlanta Dream, which is the WNBA franchise here in Atlanta. How did that come about?
0: Well, it, it seems like sometime in, in 2010, she is at an Atlanta Falcons game. She's in the suite with Arthur Blink. And Arthur told her there should be more women in sports ownership. Around that time, the dream, it's uh, having some, it's a young fledgling franchise. Right. Having some success on the court, but losing money off of it. Because right. it can't draw fans. You know Atlanta fans.
1: Oh, yeah. Very fickle. <laughs> so,
0: so, yes. And so... She goes to a game in 2010 and they're thinking, OK, maybe we can get her company to invest in us. Maybe she can be a season ticket holder. We don't know. We just need her money. <laughs> but she goes a step further and she joins the ownership team with Mary Brock.
1: And Mary Brock is a philanthropist who's married to John Brock, who was chairman and CEO of Coca-Cola Enterprises. Candice, what were Mary Brock and Kelly Leffler's contributions to the Atlanta Dream?
0: They totaled one million in 2011 to um, to join this ownership group and try to really build up this franchise as a leader in the WNBA and um, become
2: this, this force in Atlanta. If you go to a dream game, you see what it's all about, it's exciting.
1: Here's Kelly Leffler in 2011 talent, during a WNBA news conference. And,
2: and to be a part of that is just very exciting, particularly for a basketball fan and uh, to be able to give back to the city of Atlanta, where I, I'm obviously not from Atlanta, but i um, very proud to call it home and, and wanted to find a way to get more involved.
0: Their one million, Brock and Leffler, their combined one million, was supposed to go straight into marketing and really hype up the dream. Uh, problem is, it's very hard, outside of Seattle maybe in Minnesota, it's very hard to have a W franchise and really build a strong fan base. Uh, they needed like 8,000, when they were in the Phillips arena, they needed 8,000 people average to, to basically break even, to make a profit. And just to give you an example, here in, in D.C., when the Mystics won the WNBA championship, they had a strong, they had a strong following, however, they were packing out a 4,200 4, seat capacity arena. And you said, you're talking about years ago, the Atlanta, need, Atlanta Dream needed 8,000, that's hard.
1: You, you notice more of the empty seats than the full, the full ones at these things.
0: The Mystics couldn't pack out Capital One Arena. They had to go to a smaller venue. And once they got into a smaller, smaller venue, um, the atmosphere is amazing because there are actually people in the stands but you can't expect a WNBA team to really fill um, a, a, an arena that, that usually hosts NBA teams.
1: And in the case of Kelly Leffler, she was involved not just in the marketing of the team, but as you pointed out in your story, she was very much involved. in I mean, she loved to discuss the minutia of strategy on the court.
0: She's like a she's a fan. She looks like a fan of her team. She would try to. Make the East Coast games, she would she would fly to Washington, or fly to New York, fly to Chicago um on her on a private plane, either owned by herself or Brock, and catch those games from courtside. And even if she couldn't catch those games if she was too busy with work, um, there was an anecdote of her streaming the games online and watching it to one uh, at one o'clock in the morning. Like this was a true hoop hit.
1: So let's go back to last year when Senator Johnny Isaacson announces that he's going to retire early from his Senate seat for health reasons, which creates this, this opening that has to be filled by Governor Brian Kemp. And one of the people who is one of the most prominent is Doug Collins, uh, the congressman from Georgia, and he's sort of the odds-on favorite. But Brian Kemp doesn't go with Doug Collins. Go- Brian Kemp goes with... Conservative businesswoman and political outsider, Kelly Leffler will be Georgia's next U.S. senator. Governor Kemp said Leffler matched the qualities he was looking for. Like Senator Perdue, Kelly is an outsider. Like Ivanka Trump, Kelly is smart, accomplished, and a savvy businesswoman. And like our president, Kelly is ready to take on the status quo the politically correct, and the special interest. What was the strategy behind naming this kind of political unknown to this very important position?
0: I think it's no secret that in 2016, uh, college-educated suburban women have fled the Republican Party. There's still a lot in there. However, the ascension of um, President Donald Trump made... Those of that ilk, college-educated women, um, go elsewhere. So here is Kelly Leffler. She is successful. She's a millionaire. She she has that backstory of working her way off the farm and getting that MBA. That should appeal to those women. And of course, a code the code word for college-educated suburban women is white women. Yeah. And here's uh, a young. Successful white woman that looks a lot like them.
1: I mean, as soon as she was appointed, she was campaigning, right?
0: Right, right. In her introductory speech, she goes immediately into
2: I'm a lifelong conservative, pro Second Amendment, pro Trump, pro military, and pro wall. I make. <laughs>
0: uh, she was a fiscal conservative. Mostly in t- 2012, she um, she was a Romney Republican. I think in if this was in a different time, if this president wasn't did, did not have his ascension, she would have been this fiscal conservative who would be pro business. That's the that's that's probably what have been the, the the crux of her speech, judging by her actions of the past. Well, let's start off with calls for U.S. Senator Kelly Loeffler to step away from the Atlanta Dream, the WNBA team that she co-owns. She recently wrote a letter to the WNBA commissioner, and according to NBC News, Loeffler was explaining her opposition to players wearing Black Lives Matter and Say Her Name slogans on warm-up jerseys.
1: Social activism within the WNBA, what does it mean for Kelly Loeffler's future with the league? That's ahead. This is Georgia Today. Georgia Today. This is Georgia Today. We're talking about Kelly Leffler and how her campaign to keep her United States Senate seat has angered and alienated players on the Atlanta Dream, the WNBA franchise of which she's a co-owner. And I'm talking with Washington Post reporter Candace Buckner. She reports on the intersection of race, gender, and diversity in the world of sports. How did Senator Leffler react to this sort of growing political activity among the players on her team?
0: She wrote a letter to the commissioner um, stating that she disagreed with the league's uh, acceptance of what she deemed a, you know, a political movement, Black Lives Matter.
2: You know, sports have tremendous power to unite us. I think that's one of the things that Americans, we love about our sports.
0: Here's Senator Leffler on Fox News
2: but you know the WNBA has embraced the Black Lives Matter political organization. This is a very divisive organization based on Marxist principles. Uh, this week, they threatened to burn the system down literally and figuratively if they don't get what they want.
0: She's very much politicizing this moment. This whole entire moment is a gift to her. Black Lives Matter on a, on a basketball court gives her the opportunity to, to say to her base, speak to her base, I stand against this.
1: Specifically, so I, so I understand this, what she's objecting to in her letter to the NBA commissioner is the adoption by players or the endorsement by players of, of the three words Black Lives Matter?
0: Yeah, what she says is a political movement. Her base views that as very uh, leftist Marxist um, movement in which they want to take Jesus out of the church, uh, disrupt the nuclear family and defund the police. So she is really zeroing in on what some in the in the movement have uh, advocated for but not just the three words. And I think her players, Renee Montgomery, who was actually taking off the year anyway to to fight for social justice, she wrote an open letter back to Senator Leffler to say, our lives matter. She's making it a lot about the group, the Black Lives Matter group. And that's why I continually talk about the movement. And I understand that this is where, you know, that they're gonna lay their stake and- Black Lives Matter, the group, they don't want that to be associated with the leagues, but the point is the leagues are, are taking a stand.
1: That's Renee Montgomery speaking with TMZ Sports.
0: I just don't understand why you would want to be a part of something that just has such different beliefs than you. For the people who knew her as the simply the owner, the very, very rich owner of the Atlanta Dream, this is not the person that they remember.
2: WNBA players are taking a strong stance against Atlanta Dream co-owner and Georgia Senator Kelly Loeffler by wearing shirts that say vote Warnock. Raphael Warnock is running against Loeffler in the Georgia Senate race and Loeffler has been vocal. Uh,
1: Some of the Atlanta Dream players are actively campaigning for Raphael Warnock.
0: On Fox News, Senator Loeffler was asked about WNBA players campaigning against her.
2: THIS ISN'T ABOUT PLAYING BASKETBALL, IT'S ABOUT PLAYING POLITICS. AND it's IT TRULY IS ABOUT POLITICS. Um, LOOK, EVERYONE HAS A RIGHT TO, to CHOOSE WHO THEY WANT TO VOTE FOR, BUT BECAUSE I STOOD UP FOR OUR AMERICAN FLAG, SUGGESTED THAT WE REPLACE uh, THAT WITH, uh, YOU KNOW, the, THE DIVISIVE IDEA OF THIS POLITICAL ORGANIZATION, BLACK LIVES MATTER, NOT THE STATEMENT, WE ALL AGREE WITH THE STATEMENT, BUT THIS POLITICAL ORGANIZATION THAT WANTS TO DEFUND THE POLICE.
0: It was the biggest chess move that um, <laughs> that I could think of, because of course Raphael Warnock is the Democratic uh, contender in this race. The WNBA does not have the; uh, it is a very niche, um, fervent fan base, but it does not have the the mass appeal that uh, the NBA has. Well, well, maybe it does in this in this sense, because since the players wore those "Vote Warnock" shirts uh, the next day. The Warnock campaign raised more than $150,000 online and added more than 3,500 new grassroots donors and grew its Twitter followers by nearly 3,500. So not only does the Atlanta Dream, the WNBA, its players have a platform, I think it's getting amplified and it's getting stronger day by day.
1: Did you report that they are not even uttering her name in public?
0: Right. So I noticed when I was interviewing WNBA players, they were not saying Senator Leffler's name. And recently I asked Chicago Sky's Cheyenne Parker about that. And this was a Zoom call after the August 4th game when they wore the Vote Warnock shirts. The whole point in us wearing this is to try to get the... the, um the partial owner of Atlanta out of office that was the whole point so obviously I support that because she doesn't stand for what this league stands for so whatever it takes to get her you know just displaced and, and removed it, I'm, I'm willing to participate in it I wore the shirt for my team as a follow-up is there a coordinated effort not to say her name no this is not worth saying <laughs>
1: On CNN in July, WNBA Commissioner Kathy Engelbert was asked if Kelly Leffler should maintain her co-ownership of the Atlanta Dream, and she had this to say. She's no longer
0: involved in the day-to-day business of the team. And again, we believe the WNBA platform, I mean, what the players want to focus on, and I know some of them have spoken out, but they want to focus on getting owners in who otherwise are supporting what they stand for, and that's what we're working
1: on. And Candace, last week we saw WNBA teams including the Atlanta Dream, walk off the court in the wake of the shooting by police of Jacob Blake in Wisconsin. They they just didn't play. This issue clearly isn't going away anytime soon. So is there a possibility Kelly Leffler might sell her stake in the Atlanta Dream?
0: She, uh, to look like a fighter and to look like she will not bow down to cancel culture, I think it's politically um, smart for her to say. However, um, I think it, it it makes sense that they are so misaligned at this point, um, the senator and the league and her players, other players who are on her payroll. It, it would make sense to get out and allow somebody else to to fit the bill. Because at this point, that's all she's doing. She hasn't communicated with the players um, since they've been in their bubble in Bradenton, Florida. Um, she, she, has, she did not reach out to Renee Montgomery when she asked to um, have a conversation about you know this disagreement, and she's not, she's not active in any. She, this was a hands-on owner, and she is no longer active in the day-to-day um, uh, dealings of, of of the team. So, she says she's not going to sell, but at this point, it would just make would make sense, right?
1: My thanks to Washington Post sports reporter Candace Buckner. The special election that will determine who serves out the remaining two years of Johnny Isaacson's term will be held on November 3rd, the same day we choose our next president. If no candidate in the Senate race gets more than 50 percent of the vote that day, the top two finishers will square off against each other in a runoff on January 5th, 2021. I'm Steve Fennessy. This is Georgia Today, a production of Georgia Public Broadcasting. Our show is available at gpb.org slash Georgia Today or anywhere you get podcasts. Sean Powers is our producer. We're taking next week off, but we'll be back with a new episode in two weeks. Thanks for listening.